Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Movie Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Gina Versa. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, This is a Patreon request, so if you're on Patreon, you're getting this a little earlier than everyone else, too. And uh, you can submit a request for $15 a month to request a film. Opt out whenever you would like after you, you, you request the film. You don't have to keep doing it every month, just so everyone knows. Blind spotting was requested by Pablo Hurtado, uh, or Hurtado, if you're, you got the, the English white accent. But um, good guy, good friend of the show. Uh, go go check him out. I'm at, at I'm Pablo Hurtado on Twitter. Uh, I'll put the link down below in the description. Uh, but before we get into blind spotting, because that's kind of a heavier topic, we're going to softball this a little bit and talk about uh, other stuff we've been watching because that's what we, that's what we do in the regular hangouts and that's what we're gonna do a little bit here so summer movie season's coming up just to tee up another episode that will be out before this one um we're gonna talk about the best summer movies of the last two decades so anywhere from the 2000s to 2010s that came out between that that's a that's a best summer blockbuster that we're looking to talk about um so stay tuned for that and gene what else have you been watching here Lately. um yeah for movies i watched um well i did watch army of the dead i'm not sure if you wanted to get into that but yeah yeah i did enjoy sure. that in the movie theater and uh yeah i could uh i uh, i really thought that was pretty interesting in how it um did a, like a zombie heist movie directed by Zack snyder i guess it's his year this year it is the year of Snyder. Uh, his, I think they're the two highest rated films of his, like on Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, or at least two of them. I know Justice League is, and I, I think Army of the Dead's like right underneath Dawn of the Dead at the very least. I know that was his highest rated film for a it's while, still, critically. It's still a good movie. I think I, I like yeah, Dawn of the Dead. I like yeah, I, I, I like Dawn of the Dead more than his Army of the Dead, but I liked Army of the yeah. Dead. Um, I didn't. I'm not as high on it as I was like Justice League, where it came out like, oh yeah, this is like kind of this is maybe like Snyder's like blockbuster like masterpiece. <laughs> maybe masterpiece is, is like too high praise, but like <laughs> you know, like that's the movie you come out like buzzing from, like oh my right. god, like you want people to see this basically. Um, Army of the Dead is like it's like a tentative recommendation, but I enjoyed a lot of it. I think yeah. Dave Batista is great in it. Yeah, he- He's really great. Yeah, just give him glasses, you know. Give him, give him little glasses. That's all he needs in all his roles. Just this is little character. little glasses. Yeah. Good character actor for sure. Mm-hmm. Fuck you up. You and he will fuck you up. Uh, I mean, the, the cast I thought was actually pretty good. I know, I know, some people were like kind of some of the criticism was aimed at maybe like not the most in depth characters but, and like whatever. I don't know. It's not. That's not what the movie is trying to do. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of yeah, yeah, no, criticism. They had, they had depth to them. There's the, the, you know, the, the German uh, safe cracker, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that I guess spoilers, he sacrificed himself. is interesting. The, uh, the daughter, you know, I don't know. They, they were very, you know, it's, uh, they, they had a lot of nuance to them. Yeah. I, they had, they had dimensions to them. Yeah. yeah. Also, they're not like, yeah. they're, they're not the most well-written characters ever, but like they don't have to be, Right. you know, yeah. like they have their, their traits, they have their character relationships. They, they have the conflict throughout the story with them, you know, and, and then it's a, 
It's an aliens rift with zombies. That's kind of what it is. It's an aliens rift rift with with a heist aspect and zombies that that are kind of an evolution of where George Romero was taking the zombies um, before yeah. he sadly left us last decade. But I don't know. I, I thought it was like a blast. And, and yeah, I maybe um, I will say my biggest criticism is probably like just maybe maybe get a, a different cinematographer than himself next time. So, I, I did not love the look of it for the most part. Okay. <laughs> I thought it, it was a little monotonous. When is, he, when, is he done, when is he done cinematography? When was the last time he ever did that, though? Probably like on a music video. <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I will say credit to him for like this. This is a movie where his, it's all him. It's unfiltered Zack Snyder. He he wrote it. He directed it. He shot it. Good for him. I, I'm definitely not going to be someone who's like, he should never do that again. But like maybe, maybe just call up Larry Fong next time. Yeah, <laughs> they do get work together. Yeah, he's magic. Larry Fong is magic and he is. Uh, what's not magic is is the Sean Spicer cameo though. That was yeah. that was. What about, don't do that next time. What about Donna Brazil? It's not that great either. Well, Who? Donna Brazil was the person he was debating with in the scene. Oh, okay. I, I don't know that much about him. Oh, okay. He's a Democratic well, strategist. Oh well, the, yeah. Don't don't do that either next time. Next, yeah, just just hire, hire other actors. You know. Hire um hire Melissa McCartney to play Sean Spicer. I'll take that. I could do that. Well, she's just she should just get more work in general because she's like a good actress who just gets kind of relegated to the the, the yeah. She kind of has the Adam Sandler syndrome, where it's like, wow, you put them in like a real movie, and they're like, oh, they're talented. Like they're a really talented performer beyond just being funny, and that happens like maybe once or twice a decade. But uh, Army of the Dead recommendation, I guess, from both of us. I will say, if, if you're not on board the Snyder train, maybe don't watch this one, though. Yeah. I, no, uh, I was going like, to say, or you could listen to the soundtrack. Good soundtrack. Soundtrack's pretty good. Uh, I wasn't... Yeah, the Justice League one... I, I, it's, maybe it's not fair, because Justice League feels like what it's all been building up to this year, and Army of the yeah. Dead's like, he needed to, like, exercise this from his system. Yeah. <laughs> almost, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's like, you know, they, they took out Chris Delilah, but they couldn't take out Sean Slicer. Yeah, but uh, Tig Notaro is great in the yeah, scenes that she's CGI'd into. CGI'd like, uh, like her whole like performance in there it wasn't like it's a good visual effect that she get the Academy Award. It is, effects. and you know what? I I, I bet. Yeah, yeah, and I bet that's why he also shot it a lot of like, like a short depth of field and stuff like that too, because it's easier to implement cg that way because then you can't yeah. see the like with the layers of the green screen you know like you know some parts of justice league it's like these epic landscapes with the characters in the front and then maybe a couple feet back that's the line for like the cg area yeah. and you're like oh i could tell now with this one it was harder to, yeah, to was, tell a little bit for me yeah. so that's tiger, probably zombie tiger good zombie tiger good um i don't know man it's 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 just it's a fun action movie and I could. I think Zack Snyder has a little more on his mind than he's he's given credit for here. There's like weird stuff. We're not here to talk about Army of the Dead, but I just need to say it because this movie brings up like the ring theory, ring cycle theory. Yeah. Um, alpha he's and a, omega imagery. Yeah, he's a he's a strange guy. I bet like he's like he works out all the time, reading like philosophy. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, like, there's also aliens in this apparently. Yeah, there's aliens. The, the alien ships. 
there's oh there's a robots what there's a robot zombie so they say there's like drones of zombies implanted in the forge to monitor it by the government wow so i've i've never loved zack snyder more yeah that is ridiculous i want uh, a sequel him and uh, taika taika are like one of the most interesting people in the world (laughs) taika i I can't on that i'll just if i comment i will be banned from twitter um what else have you seen recently (laughs) yes recently i've seen many a movie uh (laughs) not you know besides army of the dead but um i guess like they're little short films but love death and robots i thought oh yeah yeah. better season than the last one which was the last one was good but like there there's less episodes so like it felt like easier to watch for love death and robots but they're all great i would uh, i would recommend all those shorts definitely check that out i was gonna say because i feel like you've probably seen this and you like it the mitchells versus the machines i actually haven't seen yeah. that yet what'd you think shaking my head at you but i really enjoyed it um danny mcbride and like you know it has like kind of it reminded me of the art style of like the spider-man spider-verse um but you know obviously its own thing but yeah it was it was really cute it was very wholesome it was very like you know quirky and uh, i don't know it kind of reminded me of their like cloudy with a chance of meatballs or it's just um just i don't know i thought it was really creative like uh you know all the voice work was good all the art style like the art in it is really good the design uh just like all the you know stuff like it's like eric andre's in it and he's playing like uh playing like steve jobs but like as eric andre or uh yeah it was just like it was just really funny. I just, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, yeah, I'd recommend you see it. You could stop right now, go watch it, and then come back. You know? All right. Well, I, I intend on watching it. Uh, I yeah. had some other stuff to catch up on. Um, I think, like, uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, what's his name from Gravity Falls? He voices one of the characters, too. Alex oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, okay. Was... I know he, he worked on it, like, in other capacities, yeah. too, because he, he hyped yeah. it up when it was first, like, announced. Yeah, Alex Hirsch is a anti-fascist uh, guy who uh, just loves life and loves art and all things movies. Cause it's- oh, anti-fascist. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's great. He's great. He's a great Twitter follow. And, Do you remember when he, uh, Gravity was, Falls is great. Do you remember when he drew Grunkelstan punching like a Nazi or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way. Disney allowed Dark Horse to release the art book for that show. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I want to buy that. Uh, uh, Disney pulled the a Dark oh, really? Horse like uh, published version of of the, the Gravity Falls art book, and and they didn't. They don't know why. They just they just pulled it. So uh, what the fuck? Release that. Well, yeah, that's fucked Ooh, up. I want to give well, you they, money. You know, I'm trying keep... to give you money. <laughs> yeah, consume. We want to consume for them, but yeah, no, I want to consume your product. It. All the Illuminati stuff out of their Gravity Falls, Gravity Falls uh, on Disney Plus. So that's concerning. Uh, some of it's still there, but some of them, you're right. Are, are, it was noticeable. It was those big discussion yeah, going on. They took it what out. What the fuck, dude? Come on. Yeah, they took it out like they took out the Michael Jackson episode of Simpsons. <laughs> you know, but they no, they did that. Yeah, also, no, yeah. It's just that's just a can of worms that. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh. That's a weird kind of uh, interesting episode. Let's not talk about that. But hey, uh, I... 
Hey, uh, they brought back the Venture Brothers in the movie. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I got really yeah. happy for you when I heard yeah, about that. Everyone was so. crying. Everyone was crying online. We we're all hugging each other virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, we're we're big. There's many of us. It's a big community. Um, I guess that's gonna be the. Li- I don't know. I guess it'll wrap it up or what for one or two movies, but. From the last season, you know, the story's kind of winding down, so at least they get to, like, finish their story, because it ends on a cliffhanger the last season, and it ends on, like, the worst cliffhanger, and then I think I shared with you the last image, too, because I'm like, that's kind of weird if they end it that way, where um, it's like Hank and Dean have gone their separate ways, and then Dean, one of the brothers, looking for his other brother, he's looking for Hank in a crowd, and then they replicate the shot at the end of Darkman, where Darkman's in the crowd, and then instead of, like, Bruce Campbell, it's, like, Hank wearing a Batman mask, and then he looks in the camera the exact same way as the last frame of Darkman, and there's no reason for, like, why they decided to reference Darkman. It's just in there. Just, you accept it. But, you know, I love Darkman, so I just thought, like... Well, I'm just, I'm just happy for you guys, because that, yeah. that always sucks when something you like gets canceled, and, uh... Yeah, yeah you know, so, it, congrats. Yeah, just bully corporations as long as you can to give you what you want seize the means of production exactly and that's why the next film i watched was joyride <laughs> there's nothing to do about any of that What's joyride i don't even know joyride is one of the first scripts that jj abram ever wrote and sold and it is a 2001 picture oh, starring okay. steve zahn and paul walker um jj oh, abrams wrote and produced it and yeah, he was was he going under jeffrey no no jj it was jj at this point bad robot was already existing oh, this okay. is like towards the end of felicity right before alias starts yeah jeffrey Johnny the first Adams. half hour of this movie is great it okay. is fantastic the, the other 90 or 60 minutes or so it's, it's pretty good it's it's like a solid movie but that first half hour is like perfect character introduction perfect like tension build up and it's it's so good it's Ooh. it's like if brian de palma made duel interesting yeah it's sleazy and gross and like horny and angry and then it, it just it can't live up to that first half hour but that first half hour is great and i recommend people watch it for that alone um it's also proof Better. that maybe jj abrams should just be doing these kind of movies instead of guiding franchises yeah yeah for sure because i was like wow better than rise of skywalker and yes it is it is uh, better than rise of skywalker exactly. <laughs> are you excited for his portal movie that he's not involved in uh yeah i i've seen like people start naysaying that online i'm like whatever portal could be a fun movie i don't know you yeah, just so- get like someone like dan trachtenberg could do it someone who understands like spatial geography like that could be yeah. super fun fuck someone, off someone told me oh that's weird if they do a narrative i don't want to say who it was kirk but you can't they've done like fan films of uh portal before so that's how dan trachtenberg got yeah, started exactly. he did a portal fan film portal can be a narrative even though yeah. it's a very uh first person game um yeah so it's certainly you know like than- and Oh, I was going to say, easier than making a movie out of Half-Life. <laughs> yeah, that kind of needs to be like a TV show or something. Because yeah, that, that series is just fucking like insane. Yeah. But like Portal, I mean, it's it's like dual. Like to go back to something 
like more minimalist duel has like a narrative but it's like you know it's it's like a 70 to 80 minute picture like portal doesn't need to be longer than that and you could make a great film out of it like duel is maybe like one of the most underrated spielberg movies right yeah and a man in a truck yeah and like some supporting characters you run into so like instead of supporting characters on the side like the snake lady and and duel ah what's snakes um you just have have uh, the the lady Chell, Chell, I think her name yeah, is right. Her name yeah. Chell in Glados. They should definitely Glad, yeah. bring back the voice actors for Glados. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. And they you can't have like to bring change back, that. Well, this is going into Portal Two. Definitely have to bring back a tall guy, Stephen Merchant. Yes. Um, but I was I was just gonna say that like you you could have them run into like video footage or something or like audio files like you can you can make a movie out of portal it doesn't yeah. need to be some complex epic tapestry it's just a survival movie that's, that's all i don't know yeah. it'd be fun fuck off everyone yeah i was gonna say also because i guess it's his year too jk simmons has to come back as cave johnson oh yeah yeah and because because he, he's the guy that ran the the facility or whatever right he runs the corporation. aperture science yeah yeah so he could you could fit him into the first Sorry, you know, yeah, exactly. don't, yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. Aperture science. Well, I guess we're getting too much into it. Aperture science is uh, at war with Black Mesa from Half Life. Oh, is it okay? See, that's, there you go. Yeah, it's a shared no, universe. You know what? No, now I don't want the portal movie because they're gonna no. be like, oh, it's a backdoor pilot to you actually know, launching the Half Life franchise. No, but like all the Half Life stuff, they've like only indirectly messaged Portal. They're like, oh, yeah, it's related, but. Like they're like, oh, will they ever appear in each other games? And like, no. Yeah. They're See, like, like that's like fun, you know. That's yeah. that's fun creative stuff. Like they like they just name drop each other and like, are you gonna have them cross over? And Gabe Newell is like, no. Yeah. Buy this. It's game. like. Uh, yeah, this but freaking VR game, fucking nerd. <laughs> well, it's like uh, Michael Keaton and Out of Sight and Jackie Brown. You know, like that's just a fun thing. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. He plays the same character, and that's. There you go. That's your that's your little crime narrative. Um, you know, like Michael Keaton in The Flash. He's just Batman. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm I'm there for Supergirl, and that's it. Um, I we both also saw Tom Clancy's Without yeah, Remorse. Everyone's really favorite problematic action junkie writer, Tom Clancy. Yeah, yeah I mean, like his stuff video- tends to be very conservative. Oh I yeah, I just know him from the video games. I don't read his shitty books. Oh yeah. Oh. I think I've talked about it on the show a bunch of times, but Rainbow Six Vegas is like one of the greatest shooters ever made. It's a good game. It is incredibly problematic, but my yeah, God. Just play his fucking video games, but sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, just play his fucking video games. They're really well made for some reason. Well, I guess because it's like, you want to really get into the weeds of it. It, it is yeah, like, sorry, you know, okay. US propaganda and shit. Right. But like, sorry, it's like fun. You know, I'm not going to go out and join the army, but like, no, it's fun. So not. whatever. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, what'd you think about Without Remorse? I really enjoyed uh, without the without remorse. Um, I did have to like, I kind of like had to start and stop it for some reason. So I maybe watched it like in three sittings. But I was really enjoying Michael B. Jordan. I was listening to the treatment with Elvis Elvis Mitchell, where he was talking about it and he was saying like, how, uh, I don't think um, there's ever been a uh, sort of Tom Clancy uh, narrative with a uh, black lead, so that was interesting. Um, in that, I think there's that one line he was talking, he was saying, where it's like, uh, you know, they they were they did all this. I forgot the exact line, but he's saying, you know, 
they uh, did all this dirty work for a country that never appreciated them, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really profound. I felt like there was some really, in like a Tom Clancy thing, like really profound sort of statements. And, uh, you know, I was really surprised. And, you know, there's some really great sequences. Like when he escapes the gulag, he just like breaks his sink and starts beating people with like wetted, wets the floor. Does he get like a shirt and wet it too? Yeah, he, uh, he wets, well, he wets himself to make himself slippery. Then he, he floods the sink in the prison. And so yeah, I mean, look, at, there's problematic shit in here that's always in Tom Clancy stuff, but I appreciate the attempt at that stuff like that with the, like, it's very clearly about like how the government like chews up and spits out soldiers and yeah. for like, for people, for desk jockeys, like trying to like make politics like work for them and shit like yeah. that, right? And that's like, you know, I mean, obviously this is fiction, but like, like variations of that do happen all the time. You know, there's a, like we treat our veterans like shit. Yeah. You know, like we can we can argue about like the merits of like even having right. the military in the first place. You feel like an abolitionist and stuff, which I I do kind of adhere to more more often than not. But like, but you know, the fact that that they treat people yeah. so shittily is like it, it struck a chord with like uh, uh people that have been in the military, and I I think that's. You know, whatever that, that 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 has merit too. Yeah. Uh, but just like a, a in the terms of a movie, just baseline entertainment, I put it in my, my more thoughts in my letterbox. But uh, I just thought this movie went fucking hard as shit. Like with the yeah. action happens, yeah, it's like really great. badass. I'm yeah, sorry. Awesome. I was gonna say, then uh, I guess like it's like a Rainbow Six prequel. <laughs> yes, too. yes, they it's are like doing a, pre- a Rainbow Six movie next. <laughs> they cool. greenlit this as. The first part and next part it will be Rainbow Six. I believe there's a post credit scene that confirms is, yeah. it. I did not see it. Yeah, there. Um, it was like two minutes into the credits, David. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, sorry. Yeah. Amazon always does that fucking thing where it oh, like they... it. Yeah, and then I, yeah. I just get angry and leave. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna put that on that. But um, my favorite bit happens early on when he's looking for uh uh information uh, from someone from like the Russian consulate or whatever. And so he crashes that into the, the limousine at the airport parking lot, lights the car on fire, and then walks into the flaming car and starts questioning oh, yeah, that him. Cool. That is the hardest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> that is yeah. so cool. That's that feels awesome. like something out of 24. That's what this reminded yeah, me know, of. It yeah, reminded yeah. me of a really solid run of 24 like episodes. Like the good seasons of 24. Not yeah, the yeah. 24. Not that like No, extended. I did not see that. <laughs> London was it in London? No, no, no. The uh, that one when Kiefer Sutherland comes back is mostly good. The one after that, they they had Corey Hawkins as the lead, who was a good actor. Yeah. But I I didn't boring. I didn't watch it. Twenty four is Jack Bauer. That's that's what that is. Sorry, Corey Hawkins. That's like when they replaced uh, for the Born Identity with Jeremy. Renner. Yeah. It's like it's literally called the Born Identity. I don't want to watch anyone else. The Jeremy Renner Identity. Yeah. The Jeremy Renner app. Oh boy. Um, I I, I want to move on because I do want to talk about blind spotting. But I guess the last yes. thing I, I saw a couple other movies I had been kind of lagging, but I, I'm not going to list them all. Gene and I are on Letterbox. If you want to keep up with us there, I did watch Woman in the Window. No one liked this movie except for me (laughs) me and all the wine moms like woman in the window it's a a trashy recut re-edited film by joe wright uh uh re-edited and recut by 
I guess unofficial studio hitman uh, Tony Gilroy. Oh, he did he, Rogue One. He did Rogue One. He's doing the, the Cassian Andor show. <laughs> He's like a talented dude. I don't know why this is like his side gig. He likes to just assassinate other people's work. I guess. He's kind of like the, the Jack Ryan of, uh, of studios. Then I shouldn't say that. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I, I thought Woman in the Window was really... <laughs> It's ridiculous, but I didn't think it was any more like ridiculous than generic studio schlock. You know, like it's shot by uh, one of my favorite cinematographers, Bruno Del Bonnell. I don't know if he was around for the reshoots, but um, he shot Amelie, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Harry Potter, uh, and The Half Blood Prince. He's like a, a living legend, and he shot this this schlocky little. Thriller starring Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, and Gary Oldman. And um, it's very stupid, though. It, it, it is stupid, but there's also like very striking imagery. And there's like a, a color design to this movie that was really striking. Um, have it with a couple glasses of wine. I, I think people would actually have a good time with it if, if reviewers didn't scare people away. Um, this one's just for me and the wine moms, I guess. It's like, let's go. Let's go, girls. Maybe Movie I night, woman in the windows. With my yeah, do it. Uh, again, load up on wine. Watch Amy Adams play camp. Like it is camp. I think that's what throws people off too, because it does have like genuine problems from being like reshot and recut and stuff like that, and you can tell. But it, it is an attempt at like camp, and uh, I think anything that attempts camp nowadays gets like criticized even harder, unfortunately. But um, yeah. I don't know. I I, I would I, I recommend it for, for people looking for, for something like that. Um, last thing before we move on, I someone who, who wrote a much much better review than me. Uh, let me pull up right now. Sorry, I just want to get the full name of this guy. Uh, Kyle Turner, a freelance film critic, um, in places like Village Voice and such like that. Uh, he he wrote a very good, um write up on uh the woman in the window so I'll, I'll put a link down below to that but they they had a fantastic take about how to like approach the film i, I just i'm glad there's another one of me out there is all yeah for sure yeah Every, everyone's got their their thing woman in the window is my my bad movie for the year um but not a bad movie i guess we should now talk about blind spotting the film we're here to talk yeah. about today it's a good movie uh Gene, when did you first see Blind Spotting? Did you catch it in theaters? I did see it in the theaters. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I saw it in the theaters um, when it came out. It was uh, I think it was July, twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was the the summer blockbuster that everyone was talking about. No, unfortunately, it it uh it didn't do very well in the theaters. But it was a little movie anyway, so I I, I hope it was okay. Um, yeah. directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. Uh, one of the co-directors of Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, which... I saw that. Oh, really thumbs good. up, thumbs down? Thumbs up, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm interested. It's on Disney Plus now, so next time we're on the show together, I'll, I'll mention what I thought. Okay. Um, but I, I think this is a great film. I, I think it's kind of shocking that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture that year. Yeah. Um, I feel like if it came out this year, that it definitely would have been nominated for Best Picture. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, unfortunately, it, it's weird to say it's like ahead of its time by like by just a couple of years, but more people are aware of, of 
you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, police shootings and brutality, uh, how like predominant racism is in this country. And obviously this film understands that very well too. Um, it was written by Raphael Casal and David Diggs, the two leads of the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was written over a period of nine years between those two. Uh, and it takes place in Oakland and they're both from Oakland. Um, this one probably when he was doing Hamilton too. Yeah, yeah, David Diggs, people people do know from, from Hamilton and stuff like that. Um, Everyone saw it last 4th of July. Oh, it did, that's right. It did it did come out on a... It was not... That was fucking nominated for a Golden Globe. That's why the Golden Globes are fucking dying. I thought they got canceled. They Well, yeah. And quite frankly, we all... It's good, right? Like, we're, we're all just across the board. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Um, that's why they fucking... Hollywood foreign press motherfuckers. Uh, sorry, blind spotting is great. I don't. I'm not I'm angry at blind spotting. I think it's a fantastic film. Um, I did not watch it in theaters though. I missed it in theaters, uh, so I, I I did not look out as much. Um, also in the film, Janina Gavankar. I don't know if you yeah, know her. Good. Yeah, she's in. She's in my uh, Star Wars Battlefront too. Oh yeah, she is in that, huh? She's, yeah, player character. Now here, here's something that'll date me. Uh, I know her from FX's The League. Oh yeah, I remember The League. Yeah, don't know how well that show holds up, uh, but but I that's that was my first instance of, of of getting to know her as an actress, and she she's crazy. I feel like she hasn't really gotten a lot of big opportunities. Uh, uh, I mean, she was like she was in the way back, you know. Ben Affleck movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other stuff. I think she was on like True Blood, but yeah, she's kind of like she hasn't like had her like time to shine, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, I'll, Ethan Embry. I like. I mean, he's he plays uh, a police officer in this film, and that he's kind of like the inciting incident of the conflict. And um, I I feel like a lot of people haven't seen this, so I don't want to get too deep into this one, honestly. But I do. I do want to keep talking about it, obviously. Yeah. Wayne uh, Knight is in it for some reason. Because Wayne Knight's a good actor, man. That's yeah. why he's in it. He's, in he's it great. One, one scene, though. Yeah, but still, you know, you show up, you get a paycheck to leave, and he does his job. That's an underrated skill as an actor. Just in, you're out. You know, you don't need to make waves. Yeah. If you didn't know it was Wayne Knight, it wouldn't be a big deal. It would just be a part of the film, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to say Ethan Embry is a really talented actor. Um, I like him a lot on Grace and Frankie, so to see him here, it's obviously very different. <laughs> uh, Grace and Frankie on Netflix, everyone check it out. Another show for me and the wine moms. Um, but I, I just think the David Diggs and, and Rafael Casal, obviously, they're the focal they're, point of the film and the point so we're here to talk about primarily. Yeah, they're so good, too. Good actors. Yeah, uh, and Rafael Casal is also going to not not co-star. He's he's like a supporting role in the upcoming blind spotting TV series, which is, I believe, a sequel to yeah, this film. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me like the story is it, okay. So the story attribution still to Raphael Casal and David Diggs. Um, I think yeah. We should know who should ask. You should ask. Uh, I should message what's his name, friend of the show, Dan. I think Dan likes it. Yeah, Dan loved. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dan, if you're listening Dan, to this, know. congratulations. We're talking blind spotting. I know, I believe that was his favorite film in 2018 and so. like <laughs> maybe the decade. 
uh, Dan. So you'll have to, uh, you have to, you have to nudge me if it wasn't, but, uh, Dan Doherty, everyone yeah. gets a shout out on the show pretty regularly. But yeah. What do you think about blind spotting Gene? Um, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was really enjoying it. It was, um, you know, when I saw it, I was really blown away by a lot of the performances and it was very, uh, personal. It's a very personal story you could tell. And, uh, just like a lot of, uh, the scenes were like the nightmare Divad Diggs has, um, where you like coughs up bullets. That's some good well-written like imagery, things like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just like very, yeah, it was very profound. And I mean, I don't know if I thought at the time it would be so relevant or timely, but I think it has stood the test of time, I think. Yeah. And it's almost like unfortunate to say it has stood the test of time because a big point of like, uh, discussion around the film was that like, you know, they they wanted to draw attention to like the, the issues like gentrification uh, police brutality, uh, racism, and again, this was written over a period of nine years, yeah, leading into 2018, so like at least 2009, right? And right. I'm sure they had ideas beforehand, even, and that's just um, that's that's when it gets a little unfortunate, yeah, you know, that we uh, 2020 we just had uh, the biggest resurgence of the or not research it hasn't gone anywhere if anything it's just gotten more prevalent but with the black lives matter movement um people calling for police abolition and and defunding yeah uh, and you know like i personally i i think we have to be pushing for police abolition to at least get the funding i don't know what you actually have what we have to do to accomplish abolition as a whole but I, that's definitely something i subscribe to you know and um uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about like how much art can actually impact and influence, you know, can it like, can it mobilize people behind a cause? Can it rally people or does it just speak to people? And if it just speaks to people, is that enough? And, you know, I, I, I think it, that kind of comes down to the individual for me, like if it's able to speak to someone about something that, that's, uh, that's very personal to them, like blind spotting clearly was to the people that wrote it to be Diggs and, and yeah. Rafael Casal. You know, I think maybe that's that's enough. But um, yeah. when it comes to like actual movements and such like that, I think it's good when you see it in film. I I unless it's like a documentary, though, I don't know how much it can cause like an actual movement, so to speak. Yeah. And I don't even think that's a bad thing. I just it's just something I'm thinking about. You know, if that makes any sense. I hope yeah. I'm not rambling about nonsense yeah. here. I don't think so. Yeah, there's a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, if anything, that's just a, a credit to, to blind spotting for making me think all of this stuff. Um, yeah. uh, I wanted to say that uh, for the TV spinoff as well, uh, Jasmine Cephas Jones uh, is going to reprise her role as Ashley, and the series takes place after the the movie, of course. But the series is going to focus on Ashley after Miles, Rafael Casal's character, uh, goes to prison, <laughs> and so she's going to have to move in with his mother wow. and um i haven't seen a trailer or anything for it I, I don't know when it's coming out let me look it up it says it's coming out in june oh my god so like this episode might come out around the same time as the tv show you're welcome that was planned america uh, <laughs> i don't know i 
it's on it's gonna be on stars stars yeah i, I guess it I have faith in the people that made the movie working on the show. That's what gives me faith about it. The movie does feel like such a specific instance of these people coming together, though. That's like, what do you, what, how do you like continue that without just becoming like exhausted? (laughs) I guess. Oh, yeah. I have no idea, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, and uh, for the, the, uh, the soundtrack or the score. Uh, David Diggs hired John Mater, who was a drummer on Hamilton. So there's a, another 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 little bit of the Hamilton connection there. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, everyone loves Hamilton now. Yeah, I like Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton's one of those things that like I do like, but I'm also like I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I, I enjoyed it, and now I'm just like okay, find yeah. something else to talk about. Yeah, there are other musicals. Yeah, we could talk about Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about that. I want or, to see uh, a making of Hudson. about that. Dear Evan <laughs> um, But um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man turn off the dark. That's a, the Edge. And Bono did the soundtrack. The Edge. You know, you know what? Carlos Lopez Estrada, the director, should do Spider-Man Spider- turn off the dark. They should do... Yeah. A, that adaptation or why don't they put that on disney plus spider-man turn off the dark i think they just want people to forget (laughs) yeah someone almost died or they got really injured so i saw that footage spider-man falls off when he goes to quote-unquote catch mary jane um that's a shock uh yeah when when you see someone like get injured in that way even just like through a recording that's like That's heavy. I mean, not just because it's Spider-Man. It's like a person almost dying. It's, uh, yeah, those are... it's not fun to watch. Yeah. I just think they had like random, such a random Sinister Six. Like Carnage looks so weird. Or Goblin looks weird. <laughs> yeah. They have... Uh... Well, because Green Goblin wasn't in it originally, right? Right. Matt explained this to me on the Spider-Man retrospectives. Go check them out if yeah. you're interested. Um. The original villain for the, the Broadway musical was the god Arachne. Oh, really? Which is odd because the god Arachne, I believe, is not even spider related. No. The god Arachne. Hmm. Oh, no, no. The, the god Arachne is, is a weaver. Hmm. Okay. It's not inherently a spider, which is just all right, whatever. But then the Sinister Six, for those that don't know, apart from just since we're on the topic, anyways, yeah. it's Green Coughlin, Craven the Hunter, Carnage, Swiss Miss, yeah, that's weird. Um, Electro, and who's the other one? It's it's Swarm, the Nazi Swarm. Guy. He's a Nazi bee hive. Yeah, Nazi bees. Nazi bees. Yeah, That'll bring in the crowds. The Nazi bees and the Swiss Miss. I believe it is also the most expensive Broadway musical ever produced. Yeah. That worked out well for everyone. Yeah, um, Blind Spotting was not the most expensive Broadway musical ever produced, no. though. <laughs> it, was, it was a small passion project made by a bunch of very talented people that I think are going to go on to have very lucrative careers. Um, Carlos Lopez Estrada was 
he was tied to do something bigger, right? Like he was he was involved in some Marvel TV show originally. Am I am I misremembering I think that? Like yeah, the New Warriors or something. Yeah, like I know he's he's not at the moment, but like that something something came out recently about that. But yeah, I don't know. He'll he'll go far. Um, I mean, once you're like tied up with like the Disney creative leadership too. Oh, he also he has a a, a creative leadership story credit on Frozen too which I think is a mostly good movie. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Frozens. I'm, I'm a, I'm a frozen apologist. For sure. <laughs> um, and of course the V digs, once you're in Hamilton, like you're set, you're yeah. just going to, you're just going to get hired for everything. He's in Snowpiercer. So, the show, right? The show. That everyone, the show that everyone's talking about. Murder mystery. Snowpiercer. Weird Jennifer way to Donald. approach that narrative. <laughs> Jennifer Connolly is in it too. Jennifer Connolly is a saint. We're gonna we're gonna let this slide for her. Oh, okay. That's a weird. Not just to, to have another tangent already, but that's like a weird show because like yeah. that was set up by like Scott Derrickson, and then they reshot his pilot and kicked him out, and then they just kept his cast. Yeah. Like what the fuck, dude? I don't know. That's all right. Anyway, uh, um, Rafael Casal can also be seen in The Good Lord Bird. Which is a TV miniseries starring Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawke is is fantastic. So, I don't know if it's good. I just I just like Ethan Hawke, and I like Raphael oh, yeah. Casal. Well, I like Ethan Hawke for sure. Yeah. Oh, he was also uh, Mr. Top Hat in the Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot for Nickelodeon. Oh, I never saw that. I didn't see it either, but um, I like the the director of that. The, the he just had that movie come out happily. Yeah, happily. Uh, the film with Joel McHale. Uh, Carrie Beach, Al Madrigal, uh, Paul Shear, Natalie Zaya, Stephen Root, Natalie Morales. I don't know this. Okay, it's it's a small little little genre piece. It's, it's a solid little movie. It's it's Ben David Grabinski. If you're on, if you're on film Twitter, you you've seen him post stuff or seen him RT. Like he's just one of those okay. figures. Uh, they're a big movie nerd. It's just cool that someone like that is getting a shot to make like their own stuff now and um. Yeah, uh, that's another recommendation. But um, that has nothing to do with blind spotting at this point. So I guess we should wrap up. Uh, blind spotting, great yeah. film. You should all watch it. Uh, it. It is really hard to talk about because I feel like it's something that you don't want to ruin for other people. Um, I don't know. It's it, it it's maybe hits a little harder now because of the state of the world has gotten so much worse since it came out instead of better. Right. Um. Maybe that's why you need to watch it now. Maybe it'll help you understand things a little bit more about yeah. the world or yourself yeah. and how to feel about certain things. And uh, yeah, it's just a good movie and you'll get a lot out of it, I think. Yeah. So on that note, Gene, any final thoughts today? No, I don't think so. I think it's also, it's on HBO Max, I think. Oh, okay, there you go. That's how you can watch it, HBO Max. Unless it's gone by the time we... We upload this because Probably. HBO Max does that sometimes. Like certainly, yeah. All these streaming services with their fucking deals, and you know, like, like the last Boy Scout was on Netflix for like a month. Or they do that what kind of deal is that? I don't know. Um, one spotting. Go watch it. That's good. Jane, yeah. thanks for joining me today. You have any any uh, links people could find you at? <laughs> no, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene nine eight nine two. 
And you can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, uh, where we have other access to stuff. Legend of Korra, book one will be up by this point, by the time this comes up. So, yeah, get on that. It's the summer of Korra. It's the summer of Miami Vice. Um, yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, by the time this comes up, too, check out my guest spot on Incessant Film, where I talk about Black Cat and call it the 2001 Space Odyssey of the 2010s, which I'm sure is a comment that no one will get mad at me for. Uh, 2010, the sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Um, that's pretty good. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. professional.